0: Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) How awesome it is to be in the house of the Lord with the family of faith, with the people of God on this beautiful Sunday morning. Amen. I know you're all looking at me. You think it's the light, but it's actually my tan. I am darker than when I left. (laughs) I've been on the beaches of Playa de Carmen for the last several days and just enjoying a little time, some rest and some relaxation with my wife, but can I share with you that even though I'm on vacation, I'm always on vacation in the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. I'm always at rest in the kingdom of God because Jesus promises us rest, and I'm just so glad to be back in the house of the Lord, back into the duties and the things that pertain to the things of God. It is my delight, it is my heart to do the will of the Father, and it's just awesome to be here this morning, to be sound, to be fit, to be ready, to be a child of God. How many are glad to be a child of God? I'm glad I'm a child of God, amen. For some of you that, that God saved, you know there was a transition. You used to be a child of the devil. <laughs> now you're a child of God, and how awesome that is to know that we belong to the family of faith. It's beautiful to look around to see all of you this morning as we're moving through the summer months, is today, is this Sunday the last Sunday of July? Is today, is today the last Sunday in July? July has gone by so fast. Do you know we only got five months till Christmas? How many like Christmas? I mean, raise your hand if you like the Christmas season Christmas time? I know a lot of people there the reason why i 'm bringing that up is because I saw some people celebrating Christmas in july i don 't know where that started, how they got moved around or how people are manipulating the times and seasons, but uh, I know that we 're almost we 're already more than halfway through the year. I mean moving through and moving fast, and how many know that that before long we 'll all be singing jingle bells and going through the Christmas season, but i'll tell you what. We are slowly but surely moving through days and times. In fact, could I even say that it seems like time is moving by faster than it used to move. Amen. And I'm just, I'm just proclaiming to the family of faith, we need to be ready. Amen. Let's just be ready. Times and seasons are moving and things are moving quickly. Let's be ready as a family of faith. Listen, I'm going to have you to stand. I'm going to get into uh, my last message on this series entitled From the Inside Out. Now some of y'all know that in this series, from the Inside Out, we started this uh, as a summer series, and this is the last message in that series, so I pray that, I know there hasn't been too much continuity, I've been out a couple of Sundays, and and, and, uh, so I know that our continuity in the Inside Out series has been interrupted by vacation, but I know that for many of you that were here a week before last, I preached a message entitled, Willpower, and this is the power to do the will of God. The Sunday before, I know I preached a message on perfection. How many did they know you're perfect in Christ Jesus? Mm. The only thing that may be lacking in your life right now is the expression of that perfection. We may talk about that a little bit because I think there's some things the Spirit of God may want to reveal in that. But if you have your Bible, let's. I want to read a passage of Scripture. You could probably uh, say it by memory. This is 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15 through 17. And I know that many of you already have committed these verses to memory. We can—we don't even need our Bible to go to 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. But we'll go there nonetheless. That way this might be a refresher for some. Because I know many of you have probably heard these verses before. 1 John chapter 2, beginning at verse 15 and 17. In this last message in the series from the inside out, this is entitled, Keeping It Real. Keeping it real real notice what it says here beginning at verse 15 it says love not the world neither the things that are in the world for if any man love the world then the love of the father is not in him y'all see that for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh you see that the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life this is not of the father but is of the world are y'all there with me Verse 17. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Y'all see that? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, catch this, then the love of the Father is not in him. (laughs) For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the what, the will of the Father abideth forever. And that's today's text. We're going to get into some conversations. I pray that you'll allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. And I know that as we get into some of the deeper conversations, I know you'll be stirred of the Spirit of God as He purposes to move in our church and in our family. Let's pray together, everybody. Let's come together in an affirmation of faith. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for the time that we have today, Father, as you purpose to draw us together, to unite us together in the unity of your word and your purpose among us. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what you do, do what only you can do. Have your way in us. Uh, for Father, we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, pliable, useful into the kingdom of heaven. And as we always pray, we pray that the word that's to be spoken will fall upon hearts that are ready that are pliable that will be fruitful we don't pray 30 times we don't pray 60 times we pray a hundred times the fruit that will come out of this a hundred times more so because the heart is pliable and useful in the hands of God so we pray that fruitfulness we pray that ability in the house of the Lord and we pray all of that in Jesus name amen and amen listen before you seated I need you to do something I need you to go Grab two or three people and just give them a hug and and, and just tell them this. We're keeping it real, baby. Just grab and say, we're keeping it real. We're keeping it real. Go get somebody. Go get somebody. We're going to keep it real at Harvest Point Church, that's for sure. Yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real. God is awesome. God is awesome. We're keeping it real at Harvest Point Church. Keeping it real. Glory You may not recognize it or even observe it but if there's any level of spiritual fitness in your life you will recognize that the Holy Spirit is here he is in every movement in every word in fact could I encourage you by saying that no man can say Jesus is Lord without the help He's here. He's in everything. In fact, it was Jesus who said, it's expedient that I go. For if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. He's here. He's in our midst. He's producing every bit of the authority and power of God in his word. Today, anything that you would obtain from the preaching, it is by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. If there's any comprehension, any any level of understanding, if you walk out of here with any ability, it is by the ability of the Holy Spirit that you can even have ability in God. He is in everything. He's in your prayer closet. He is the power of prayer. He is the very heart, the very mind, the very will of God. He is the Holy Spirit. He's in your thoughts. He's even in the conviction of your life. He is the mind of God portrayed in a person called the Holy Spirit who is helping us to walk out the very things of God while on earth. He is the Holy Ghost. Without Him, you won't know truth. Because Jesus says when he comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's in your conversations. He's in your thoughts. He's even in the conviction of your own spiritual life. He's the one that reminds you of the very words that Jesus spoke. He reminds us of righteousness and judgment. He reproves us of sin. He's working in everything all the time. Brothers and sisters, friends, guests. He's here. Of all of the work and the agency of the Holy Spirit, which is everything in the kingdom of God, no man can do anything save the Spirit of God on the inside of him. No man can obtain to anything eternal without the power of the Spirit of God working in him. And of all of the things that the Holy Spirit does, friend, hear this, hear this well. The main thing that the Spirit of God, the purpose of the Spirit of God inside of you is to keep the greatest commandment in all of the Bible. And that is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. He is trying to keep you fit into the kingdom of God. He's trying to keep you fit. Because you see in the world, there's a lot of entertainment. There's things that are moving about in our midst that are competing with the very love of God. Nowhere in the Bible is this better depicted in a very, a very casual story uh, told in St. Matthew 19. This is the story of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus, and this is what he says. Master, good master, what shall I do, what good things shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And you see, this is usually the cause within the church. We got a lot of people trying to do good things. And I want to address this ability. I want to address this thing in you. Because I want something genuine to happen in your life. I I, I want your Christian life to be real. I, I, I want you to have the life that Jesus said he'd give to you. He says, I'm going to give you abundant life. And it would be my heart, my thought, my will, at least as a pastor, my thought towards you is that you want abundant life. Anybody here want abundant life? Will you look at your neighbor right now and say, I want abundant life. I don't want to just have a regular life. (laughs) Married with two kids and a cat. I, I, I I want a real life, abundant life. You see, the rich young ruler comes and he says, what good thing shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And Jesus, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, if you really want life, well, that's simple. Keep the commandments now notice that the rich young ruler because he doesn't have any understanding of the commandment he asked the Lord which ones how many know that the decalogue is one commandment in ten parts if you violate one you violate them all it proves a level of ignorance you know the hardest thing for me to convince people is that you're really not that good it's real hard to convince people that they're not good you know, the Bible says there is no one good. No, not one. Well, you touch a neighbor and say, you're no good. You're no good. You're no good. Baby, you're no good. In fact, why don't you get up right now and just go tell somebody. Look at in the face. Everybody get up right now. Go find somebody and just tell them, man, listen, you're no good. You're no good. You're no good, baby. You're no good. Because, you know, I got to drive that point home. <laughs> if you're watching by stream baby you're no good you're no good you're no good baby you're no good Linda Rothstein taught us that you're no good you're no good you're no good baby you're no good I, I want to absolve you of your ability to do good things because of a truth you're no good You're incapable of good things. But I want to teach you a principle, so hold tight. So Jesus, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if you want to inherit eternal life, keep the commandments. He says, which ones? So Jesus goes through these commandments. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Honor your mother and father. Love thy neighbor as thyself. The rich young ruler says back to Jesus, I've kept all of these since I've been a young man. What lack I yet? Notice that that Jesus didn't share with him the greatest commandment. Friend, you know what you lack in your life? Brother and sister, do you know what we lack in our life towards God is to love him with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our strength and with all of our mind. Because Jesus says back to this rich young ruler, the very reason why the spirit of God brought me before you this morning. If you want to be perfect, because baby, I'm talking about perfection. And it would be my observation in the house of God that somebody here wants to be perfect before God. I want to be perfect before God. It is my aim. It is my goal. It is my energy, my, str- my strength, my, my striving thought in God is I want to be perfect before God. <laughs> you know, we, we, we live in a society, in a culture where people like to say, well, nobody's perfect. But that's not true. You've been made perfect. How many did they know you're perfect before God? How many did they know that, that Jesus made you perfect? Well, you look at your neighbor and say, You're perfect in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Now I just gotta snap you out of the thought that you're not perfect so that you can start acting perfect. I'm keeping it real, baby. I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how the Holy Spirit keeps it real. I want you to see what Jesus tells him. He's having to weigh in the balance perfection. Remember what the statement is. What must I do that I might inherit eternal life? And that Jesus is not on the cross, though his blood has not been shed. It still remains the same. Our one central purpose in the house of God is to love the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our strength, with all our mind. Friend, that has never changed. That is always the central focus. And do you know that the world is attempting to disrupt the love of God in us? To entrap us with all its entrappings. Hear me when I tell you that Jesus told the rich young ruler, listen, if you want to be perfect, listen to what he tells them. If you want to be perfect, go bake Girl Scout cookies and sell them at Walmart for $6 a box. Join the Civic Club. Be part of the Rotary. Be part of the PTA. No, you know what he told him? Go sell everything that you have. You know, we're not talking to the average Joe. This is the rich, young ruler. This is a young man who is rich, and people know him by his richness. He's young. He's in the beginning of his career, whatever he might be doing. He's walking up into the upper echelon of his society. He's part of the upper caste. And Jesus is saying, listen, if you want to be perfect, you have to sell everything. He says, go sell it all. Give it to the poor. And Jesus says, and you shall have treasures in heaven. Come and follow me. He's what I call the the 13th disciple. I don't know his name. I don't know who he is. Nothing's ever recorded of him beyond this story. You know why? Because the Bible says when he heard it, he walked away from Jesus. Because when Jesus said it's going to cost you everything, he said it's too much to pay. You see, when Jesus said to follow me, you're going to lose everything, it was too much in exchange for relationships. How many people do we have in culture who have never been taught that to serve God, to give your mind, your heart, your will to God means you lose everything? In order to get God, we've got to get rid of you and everything that belongs to you. it's a sad culture and day that we live in that that most of our Christian thought and most of the gospel that's being taught is a very passive one that costs very little. And do you know to him that's forgiven little loves little? And to him that's been forgiven much loves much? And how many know that when times get tough and things really get going that people who paid little will fall to the wayside? But when you've sacrificed it all, you've got no place to go but God. Come on, somebody. I think there's a lot of people that were just very passive about this one particular thought about Jesus. Jesus, listen, if you want me, you've got to lose everything. And in fact, this is an issue about love. This is an issue about love. You say, well, Pastor, it seems like Jesus is asking too much. No, he's not. I I, I say this, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand the kingdom. God's not looking for a girlfriend, a boyfriend. He's not looking for a casual relationship. God literally is going to marry you. How many many here, if you're married, raise your hand, you're married. How how many know that when you're married, you've made a determination that you ain't going to be with nobody else? How many ever been married before and you when you got married you said baby listen listen my love for you is so strong i'm going to love you 364 days girl <laughs> You know what she going to say There's 365 days in the year son What you going to do that other day We know that when you get married there is a fidelity We know that when we get married, whatever we have, now we don't own it. The other person owns it. And if you don't think it's true, go get divorced. You're going to find out you're only a half. Friend, listen, hear me when I tell you that God wants an intimate, divine relationship with you in so much that he becomes the only thing in your life. It's sad that we are now in a culture where our Christian faith is being buffeted about with all the things of the world. And the problem with the world is that, you know, we just don't have enough love for God to compete with the world. Let me say that one more time because I don't know if you heard me correctly when I said that. I think your, your love for God is so weak that the world can creep in quite easily into your life. Let me say that one more time because I think you just didn't catch it. I think, you know, if our love for God begins to wane, then the love for the world gets stronger. There's always a competition. You know why? Because you're both spirit and flesh. But I've got a confirmation from the Lord Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane who said it's the spirit that's strong. It's the flesh that's weak. And it's time that we stand up in our spirit and attest our love for God. A real good word. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, If any man come after me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. This is Jesus saying, if you don't lose your life, you can't come. For if any man tries to find his life, he shall surely lose it. But if he loses it for my name's sake, he'll find it. That shouldn't cause you to be gloomy. Notice that when I said that, many of you were already kind of taken back by the statement. Because if you really love God, that wouldn't mean nothing to you. If I told you you had to lose it all, if you had a real strong divine love for God, you would say, Father, take it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The proof and the pudding is that when we hear you have to lose it, now you start counting the cost. How sad it is when people count the cost. I just said something. How sad it is when people have to count what it costs. You know, there's some restaurants that I go to that they don't have a menu. They don't have, you don't get to say, well, how much does that cost? Listen, if you got to ask, you don't belong here. (laughs) How many of you ever been in a restaurant where when you sit down, ain't nobody going to give you no menu? You get what you want, you just got to make sure you got some money. Come on, somebody. I got my man back there uh, going to nice restaurants. Thank you, my young man back there. Me and my brother, we're going to go eat somewhere nice. We're not going to worry about what it costs because we're going to come up with some money. We're going to come loaded. You see, the house of God is the same. We don't care what it costs. Because if it costs to get to God, I'll pay it. Whatever I've got to get up to get over to him is worth the price of admission. Because I'm after God. You see, this is what the Spirit of the Holy Ghost is trying to produce in you. A love for God so great and so grand and so outstanding that nothing that's in your hands, nothing that you see, nothing that you can perceive will enter up your love for God. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me read this text. some of y'all look so sad right now let me read what jesus says verily i say unto you there is no man that hath left houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mother and children and lands with persecutions and in the world so to come eternal life. In other words, whatever you get to God, he's going to put right back in your lap. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, God don't need your stuff. This world belongs to him. This world is his footstool. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The, earth, the fullness of the earth belongs to God. But brother, you got to get into your head. Sister, you got to get into your head. That we're in a love relationship. And it requires everything. It requires everything. What is the Spirit of God doing here? What is the central work of the Holy Spirit? And that is to produce in you a love for God so strong that nothing can compete with it. The beloved John gives us this intimation. Uh, The beloved says to us, love not the world. This is the one who placed his head on, you know, the beloved John, who loved Jesus more than any of the disciples. He he would lay his head on the bosom of Christ. And he's saying to us today, do not love the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. Did you hear that? If you love this world, then God's love is not in you. You are denying the centrality of the work of the Spirit of God in your life. He is trying to produce in you a focus so sharp, a love so strong that nothing can interrupt your relationship with God. We've got a whole nation full of Christians who God is not first. And do you understand God's nature? He is a consuming fire. He is a jealous God. God will not be number two. God won't be number two in your life. And if you think that you can serve God by fitting him in in two hours on Sunday morning, you are sadly mistaken of his character. God is greater than that. God is bigger than that. He is holier than that. God is just. God is perfect. God is good. And he's worthy of all our adoration. He's worth giving up everything to get over to him. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking goodly pearls. And when he found a pearl of great price, he sold everything. Friend, listen. Brother and sister, listen. The Spirit of God produces this in you. I can't produce it, only the Spirit of God can produce it. And if your love for God isn't where it should be, then the love of the world creeps in. You become sensual. Do, do, do you know that the lust of the flesh is just a sensual man? People living by their own senses. You know, I, I know a lot of people today that live by their own senses. They, they live simply in the realm where they can see, where they can touch, where they can smell. They're simply always in the natural. And do you know that a natural mind is hatred towards God? Everything that we, we perceive through the sense is where flesh takes the advantage. Are you sensual? Are you living by what you only see, what you touch, what you can perceive even by your own intelligence? Do do, do you know today that there is the lust of the eye? Friend, you have more than what you need. Let me say that one more time. Friend, you have more than what you need. Let me say it one more time. Let me say it one more time. Friend, you have more than what you need. You You just see too much. (laughs) I met a friend the other day. I told him, he told me he, you know, kind of, he was a little chubby. He says, Pastor, I've gone on a diet. I said, what kind of diet are you on? He said, I'm on a seafood diet. I said, oh, that's nice. I I love shrimp. You know, it's healthy, you know. He said, no, 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 not a seafood diet, a seafood diet, not S-E-A, S-E-E, I eat everything I see. (laughs) You know, I think there's a lot of Christians on a seafood diet. They're buying everything they can see. We're so full of stuff, materialism, We got so much and we perceive to have so little. Friend, follow me around the world. Join me next year when I go on missions and I'll let you see what it really is to be poor. I think a lot of us have lost the ability to understand where we are and what's going on around us. Friend, today the love of the world is creeping in. And we see it simply by our indulgences, by the lavishness of our own lives. And I've come to warn you, as Jesus warned the people of his day, beware, take heed of covetousness. For a man's life consists more than the abundance or the possessions of things. This is where Jesus taught the parable where there was a man whose whose fields were plentiful. And he said to himself, how am I going to catch all of the grain? He said, I'm just going to tear my barns down and build bigger ones so I can stuff them full of stuff. Then I'm going to kick back. I'm going to lay back. I'm going to eat, drink, and be merry. And you know what God said? You're a fool because tonight your soul is required of you. And what will be of all the stuff that you possess? Listen, life is not a new boat. It's not a BMW, it's not a Mercedes Benz. It's not a three-car garage and a two-story house. It's not found in positions or platitudes, letters and numbers after your name. Abundant life is having a love for God so strong that you possess nothing yet you're rich in everything. Come on somebody. It's a love for God so strong that you declare to yourself that I'm a child of God, I'm an inheritance of all the things that God possesses. In in due time you'll see how rich you are, for the Bible says, and when he appears, we shall be like him. I'm rich in the Lord. I'm rich in the Lord. I am rich in the Lord. I am rich in Christ. I'm rich in the Lord. Man, I'm rich, man. I'm rich, richer. You don't know how rich I am. Listen, the place that I live has streets of gold. I got a mansion. I've got things coming to me in heaven. You have no idea what's coming. But that's not my treasure. You know what my treasure is? My treasure is God. He's my one central feature. I'm always amazed at people who say they want to go to heaven, but they don't like God. Why do you want to be in heaven if you don't like God? Heaven is heaven because of him. And anybody that goes to heaven knows, listen, you're going to get to heaven and you're going to see all your family. But I don't want to see my family. I want to see Jesus. I'll meet with y'all later. Y'all meet me in my house. I'm all, I want to see the Lord. I want to kiss his feet. I want to hear my father say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter to the reward I prepared for you from all of the creation of the world. I'm after him, baby. I'm after God. I'm a God seeker. Somebody say hallelujah. Man, I'm preaching better than you're acting, that's for sure. Some of you act like I stole some money out your pocket. Trust me when I tell you the truth hurts. But it's the truth that sets you free too. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at the preacher. Have I therefore now become thy enemy because I tell you the truth? I'm keeping it real. The Holy Spirit's keeping it real. Listen, the only reason why you're coping is the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Listen, do you know a natural man cannot receive the things of God? They're foolishness to him. You know, it sounds foolishness for somebody to hear a preacher say, you got to give it all up. Sounds like foolishness to a worldly person. But to a child of God, it makes all the sense in the kingdom of God. Open your Bibles. I'm going to give you an ancient problem. I'm going to go to the wisdom of Solomon, and I'm going to to stop because we're going to have altar service. Because some of y'all got to give some stuff up. Hey, hey, check this out. Check this out. Can I share with you something? I'm going to share with you something because I know a lot of y'all, you know, a lot of Christians be tripping, you know. and, and And I'll come, and I'll tell you the truth about the kingdom of heaven. This is what God sends me to tell you the truth. Right. Check this out. Everything's temporal. Let me say it one more time. Everything's temporal. You don't take none of this stuff with you. Do, do, do you know that when I get to heaven, I'm single again? <laughs> Let me say that one more time. Y- y'all are smiling now. Yeah, preach more. That's about that, be single again. Oh, I like that message. Why wow, how does that work, preacher? <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'm gonna be single in heaven, man. Yeah gonna be a lot of fine christian babes in the kingdom of god I'll be looking around and find me one listen there's no marriage or giving into marriage you're gonna be single for all of eternity you know why you don't need nobody because god's there <laughs> let me say it one more time you know why you won't need nobody in hell because god's there Will somebody shout out god is there I don't have to be a daddy no more. I relinquish that, that, that title. Uh, Daniel, Megan, uh, Alexis, my little BJ. My little, the, the, you're, you're on your own now. you in heaven. you in heaven. You go, you, you go with God. Baby, I bring, my, I bring God's daughter back. Husbands, do you know that you got to present God's daughter back? And she better not be all roughed up when you bring her back. I just said something, somebody, and I, I started feeling el Ojo, but you can't put el Ojo on me, dog. Uh, I'm impervious to all your little curses and all your little things you're trying to do. I'm going to go home and stick some pins in my little doll and make pastor start itching somewhere. No, listen, let me tell you something. I'm telling you the truth. The truth is, man, listen, I'm going to say, God, here's your baby. Wash and perfected. better than when you gave it to me. I'm giving it back to you. Friend, everything is temporal. Without the Holy Spirit, everything you do is temporal. The only thing that's eternal is what Him and I do together. If I have any reward, do you know that the Bible says that we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and all our works are going to be tested before God through the flame. They're going to pass through a furnace. What makes it out of that furnace is what you get to present to Jesus. So says there's a lot of people doing work, but that work isn't in the Holy Ghost. And we're working out of our own natural abilities and our own infinities and our own desires. And we work when it's convenient and we do when it's convenient. But God has sent me to tell you that there's coming an hour where everything you've done will be tested before him. And if it wasn't done out of your love for God, it won't make it out of the flames. It won't make it out of the flames. I'm going to take all that I have there and put it at his feet. I'm going to take all that I did there and put it at his feet. Because you know why I'm here? I'm here because I love God. I'm here because he's the one central focus of my life. I don't have any focus but God. He's my driving motivation. He's the thought when I get up. He's the thought when I go to sleep. Can I teach you some ancient wisdom? And then we'll close. Open your Bibles, Proverbs 23. Slide your finger down to verse 7. Now, now, because we live in a church full of humanism and godlessness, and because we're surrounded by all sorts of humanism and humanism and culture that creeps into the doors of our church, I'm actually going to teach the Bible to you. Now now notice this particular verse, Proverbs 23, verse 7. I want to teach it to you because most of y'all that have heard this verse before has only heard half the verse and you've heard half the verse as part of your idea of positive thinking. I don't want you to think positively. Listen, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychoanalyst. I- I- I'm not a coach. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I don't want you thinking positively. Positively. Hear this. I I don't want you to say, well, you know what, I just think positive thoughts, and the more positive thoughts I think, the more positive things happen. That's humanism. I want you to think God, (laughs) I want you to think Holy Ghost. For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. I don't got to elaborate too much more on that verse. It's self-explanatory. Notice the verse. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, now that's only half the verse. Most of us have only heard that part. But I want you to hear the wisdom and why Solomon gave this to us. Hear it clearly. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is not a message of positive thinking. Hear it eat and drink saith he to thee but his heart is not with thee this verse is a message of hypocrisy this verse is a message of hypocrisy the very hypocrisy that the spirit of God has sent me to you in this message called keeping it real Let me explain it to you. There's a lot of people that invite you and do things for you, but they count the cost. They keep a record. And even though the benevolence is real, even though you had some comfort in that benevolence, their heart was counting it. So when they tell you to eat and drink, their heart isn't with you. Because as you eat and drink, they're saying to themselves, they're eating what's mine. They're taking what belongs to me. You see, their heart is not with you. Do do you know how many people, and I just say this, brother and sister here, I just want you to let me speak to you, right? Right? Every believer, I just, just let me speak to you. Do you know how many people when you tell them, and I said this before, I, last, I think I before last, while I was preaching a message of when I went to Ethiopia and, and I went to the demonic capital of the world, I saw people who were demonized respond under the influence of that demonic work. They foamed at their mouths, they gnashed at their teeth, they screamed aloud, they ripped at their clothing, they were unbearable, they were unruly. I saw the effect of a demonic spirit on a person. When we come to church, shouldn't we see the work of the Spirit of God who's possessed us manifest when we come together? Shouldn't we see that? Shouldn't that be something that equally we see demonic work? Shouldn't we see the Spirit of God work? Isn't it amazing that when you ask people to work in the church, isn't it amazing when we ask people to serve, they have to count the cost. it's not ready yet isn't it amazing when the offering plate comes by the $50 that you spend at Texas did Brazil seems like a million dollars when the offering plate is going by Mm -hmm. see friend you're still counting the cost you're a hypocrite Where, where you sit God doesn't want you in hypocrisy He doesn't want a fake smile. He doesn't want fake work. He doesn't want fake love. He wants it to come from a real place. And this is what the Spirit of God produces. It produces in us a liberality because you know what it says. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, not hypocrisy. See, you're able to give it away because it no longer means anything to you your love for God is so strong that whatever he would ask you to do you're available because you love him and it's coming out of a real place you see what I want to do for God I want it to come from here and you know there's some times that when I'm working when I don't feel it come out of a genuine place you know what I do I go into my prayer closet and I say Holy Spirit examine my life why is it that I'm doing it but I'm not finding the joy in doing it purify my heart because something's amiss in me. Something's wrong in me. And I want to be right with God. I want my love to be right. You, you, you remember when you first fell in love? Remember when you first fell in love? How money meant nothing to you. Spending money on your girl or your, your man meant nothing to you. You could go out. You could be lavish on them even when you had very little. You know why? Because you were in love. You could talk till 2, 3 in the morning. No, I love you. No, I love you more. No, no, I love you. No, I love you more. No, baby, no, I love you a whole lot more than you. love. No, no, I love you more than you love me. It's 4 in the morning. You got to get up at 6 to go to work. You don't even care about sleeping. And over the years, I think a lot of our love's grown cold. You know what Jesus said in the last days? The love of many is going to grow cold. We're just not going to keep the central figure The work of the Spirit of God central in our minds. What's the central work of the Holy Spirit? To love the Lord thy God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. The Spirit does that because He keeps you from hypocrisy. God doesn't want you acting when you come to church. He wants you to come out of a love for the house of God. He wants you to say like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He wants it to come out of you. You know, sometimes when we're praying, we're telling God, "Look, God, look, 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 I, this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll go to church on Sunday. I'll go to church on Wednesday. I'll give $20 if you'll answer my prayer. See, friend, it proves that you don't know what the love of God is yet. Listen, I, I serve, in my, in my prayer closet, my purpose, my desire, my heart to serve the Lord is to get rid of hypocrisy in my life. I want to love people unconditionally. I want the kind of love that doesn't take any records. Doesn't count the wrongs, Doesn't count how much it costs. Because no cost is too high. It's not something that I'm going to do and then throw back in the face of God. God, look at all that I've done for you. You know the story of those people. They're going to say, Lord, didn't I do all these things? What is the Lord going to say? Depart from me, workers of iniquity. I didn't know you. Friend, trust me, I'm closing down. In fact, why don't you stand? Uh, th- this message inside out. I'm talking about transformational power. Listen, the Spirit of God, listen, this is a concentration. Do you know today that the Spirit of God will produce in you a love for God so strong that you'll be willing to give it all away? I'm sharing with you the grace of God. He's going to give it all back. A hundred times that what you've given. You want abundant life? You want to find meaning for life? You want to find reason for living? Find it in loving God. Y'all want to pray with me? Come on.